It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again on the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, and we have a really big show today. Like, we're getting super close to the NFL draft. Adam Schefter has some news for us. Going to break all that down come here in the next 30 minutes. But make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have not done so. Make sure to give me five stars so other Panther fans like you can find the podcast. If you give me four stars, I'm just going to assume you're a hater. Which, come on, don't be a hater. So five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Odyssey. You can find us on Stitcher. Pretty much wherever you find your podcast, you can find Locked On Panthers, okay? Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council on Twitter. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. Friday Mailbag, we're doing that every Friday. We started last week, got a ton of questions, really good questions. We are less than 10 days from the NFL draft, so you have plenty of draft questions. Please get those into me by Friday by tweeting at me at Julian Council. You can also DM me. Don't get crazy, though. You can DM me. Let me know what your questions are. I'll be tweeting out later this week asking for people to send in their questions if they have not done so already. On today's show, Adam Schefter with a tweet talking about the Carolina Panthers' interest and potentially trading back from eighth overall to later on in the first round. Also, Peter Schrager thinks that the Carolina Panthers should take Justin Fields at number eight, even though they already have Sam Darnold and they traded for him. There's some interest there. As well, because potentially the Carolina Panthers might be already interested in fields, according to a local Panthers reporter. And finally, the Carolina Panthers have found another defensive tackle to put next to Derrick Brown. Not necessarily a three technique, but a defensive tackle who's been a starter for the last couple seasons in the NFL and fills a position of need, which is big. But with that said, how much pressure now is on the quarterback position with Scott Fitterer having filled a ton of those holes for the quarterback to go out there and be great in 2021. Whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's the eighth overall pick, whether somehow it turns out to be Teddy Bridgewater, there's a ton of pressure on that position, especially after this offseason that we've seen so far leading up to the NFL draft. But let's start off with Adam Schefter and what he tweeted early Tuesday afternoon, saying the Carolina Panthers have had conversations with other teams about potentially trading back in the draft from pick number eight per source. There are all sorts of ongoing trade conversations between teams. Let's see what next week brings. And the Carolina Panthers are a part of those trade conversations. So I'm not necessarily surprised by this at all. We've talked about it. All the possibilities were there for the Carolina Panthers after they've signed guys like Hassan Reddick, after they traded three picks, including a six-round compensatory pick this year and a second and fourth in next year's draft for Sam Donald be their quarterback at least that's what it looks like they're gonna have him be their quarterback when they sign AJ Boye it gave them all the opportunity and the options on the table for Carolina to potentially trade up at eight if they want to to trade out of eight to stay put they have all the opportunities and options right there on the table for Scott Fitter from Matt Rule in this organization 
So that does not surprise me at all. I will continue to say, if they're going to trade back from eight, which would, in a way, would it's not, it's not going to surprise me, but remembering what Scott Fitterer said about his kind of his philosophy to the draft and how the Carolina Panthers don't expect to be in this position moving forward, at least no team plans to be in the top 10 of the NFL draft, of course. Things happen. You might have injuries that lead you to bottom out, or your football team's just not good or rebuilding like we have with the Carolina Panthers. Even though they were competitive last year, they just didn't have things to get them over the top. And that quarterback position is certainly one of them. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But still, they don't expect to be there at eight ever really again. They want to be a team that's drafting in the late part of the first round, if even having a first-round pick, a lot like he was in Seattle, where the Seahawks often traded out of the first round. So trading back... Is something that he's used to doing. But being in the top 10 at 8 is not something that he's used to being a part of within a winning organization up there in Seattle, which he was a part of for the last 20 years. So there's that. But he really made it known that when you get to the middle part of the first round, really the middle to late part, he didn't see that being any different than being the early part of the second round of the NFL draft, which in a way made me believe and still makes me believe that Scott Fitterer is not really looking to trade out of the top 10 at eight. I'll continue to say that my favorite trade possibility for the Carolina Panthers, if they're going to trade back, is trading back one spot if for the Denver Broncos to move up to eight, especially if Denver is desperate for a quarterback. Now, plenty of you would want a quarterback there. And let's just assume that I just, it's hard, I have a hard time believing that Kyle Shanahan, as brilliant as he is as a play caller, and you can look back to the Super Bowl with the Falcons as the offense coordinator. You can look back two years ago in Miami with the 49ers as their head coach and still their play caller, how things fell apart for them in the second half and fourth quarter. But he's a smart play caller. He seems to be a smart man. And I cannot imagine that a man like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, who seem to be smart individuals, I cannot see them complicating football that much where they think that putting Mac Jones in that system is the right idea after trading three picks to Miami Dolphins. I cannot see that happening. It has to make the most sense for them to take Justin Fields to Trey Lance. And really, Justin Fields, as I said, I think Justin Fields is the second-best quarterback in this draft. Of course, I could be wrong. A lot of us are going to be wrong about all these prospects. So, who knows? But it doesn't make any sense to me that they would take Mac Jones. Of course, it would work out for a lot of teams' benefits that they do, because then it could open up the possibilities... For Carolina, potentially, say, a guy that if they don't like, if Fields is gone or Lance, like they don't like whoever's left over, or they can trade back and let a team like Denver, who might be just desperate to put someone there to compete with Drew Locke, they can go move up to eight, and the Panthers could get a future first rounder. They could be able to recoup the picks that they gave up for Sam Darnold next year, like a second or fourth. So I like the idea of potentially moving back one spot from with Denver, especially if a guy like Sewell is still going to be on the board and a guy like Slater is going to be on the board, if you're not going to miss out on your left tackle, which I'm still honing on, honing in on, if you're not going to miss a generation talent like Panay Sewell, if he's going to be sitting there still at nine, if Denver wants to trade up and get a quarterback, then I'm cool with that. Now, the interesting thing about the trade back possibilities, though, is Joe Person, who covers Carolina Panthers for the Athletic, he quote tweeted Adam Schefter's tweet saying, it helps to give the appearance that you might take a quarterback but the Panthers are intrigued by Fields per source. So the Carolina Panthers, who 
Mind you, after spending time at Justin Fields Pro Day in Columbus, Ohio a couple weeks ago with the New York Jets and Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur and that whole Jets brass that's taken over the last year and recently with Sala and LaFleur coming over from San Francisco where they were working with Kyle Shanahan, they're honed in, the Jets are on Zach Wilson. But they made the deal, the Panthers, Scott Fitterer, and the Jets that week, basically. That's when things really heated up that led to Sam Darnold coming here to Carolina to presumably be the starting quarterback, even though, as Matt Rule told us last Monday, they have yet to exercise the fifth-year option, which would pay him a guaranteed $8.8 million in 2022. They have until May 3rd to do that. But hearing that they're intrigued by fields makes things interesting. Like I Again, I cannot see the 49ers not taking either fields or lance. It would make sense to me. I mean, I guess it makes the most sense if you want a guy to kind of sit back for it to be Trey Lance, who's only played 17 games on the FCS, never gets a Power 5 opponent in the FBS or against a Group of 5 opponent. So maybe he's a guy who needs a little bit of seasoning, especially since he barely played any football. But I don't know. Fields could also be a guy who could maybe use a year, a redshirt year behind Jimmy Garoppolo before he takes over to start in 2022. But the Panthers being interested in Fields is interesting because we've had the conversation about whether they should take a quarterback at 8. And I continue to say, like, it does not make sense to me why Carolina would basically give away three picks for Sam Darnold, then turn around, and then draft a quarterback. Especially if they exercise the fifth-year option, which they have yet to do. So it still would be a little weird to me that, okay, you traded, I mean, the sixth-round compensatory, whatever. But the second and fourth next year, you trade that away just to have Sam Darnold be on the roster for one year as a backup? Why not just stick with Teddy Bridgewater as your backup? Which I already made the case for earlier this week that the Panthers, if they don't draft the quarterback, might as well just keep Teddy on the roster, knowing the fact that Sam Darnold has missed games and you might need someone to start. And I think I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater starting than say PJ Walker or Will Greer if the Carolina Panthers are in a situation where Sam Darnold does miss some games next season. So, I mean, that's just so interesting. And that's what I was talking about on the podcast on Tuesday where... I felt like everything was on the table. The unpredictability of his draft, what could happen ahead of them. Certainly the Carolina Panthers are not the only team that's talking about trading out of their spot. There's going to be plenty of teams that will be reported that they want to trade up, they want to trade out. That's just the nature of the NFL draft this year. So what's going to happen next Thursday night? I have no clue. But again, Adam Schefter reported the Carolina Panthers have had conversations with other teams about potentially trading back in a draft from pick number eight. And Joe Person also tweeting out that the Panthers are apparently intrigued by Justin Fields per one of his sources. Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football, he's also a sideline reporter for Fox Sports NFL coverage. He had his latest mock draft, which includes Justin Fields going to eight at Carolina, which begs the question, should the Panthers have waited until after the draft or in the draft for Sam Darnold's value to go down or to have made a decision on trading for the Jets quarterback? All that coming up in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, 
Find jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. I've been telling you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they now have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go along with their 12 original flavors, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. And here's the cool thing about Built Bar. If you're a fan of raspberry or orange, all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are also healthy. They're great for anyone who's that's health conscious or anyone who's trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who's on a keto diet or anyone who's on any diet, period. Now do this for me quickly. Go over to BuiltBar.com where with your next purchase, you could potentially win a free cooler while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. So Peter Schrager of NFL Networks, Good Morning Football, also does some sideline work for Fox Sports, has come out with his latest mock draft. You know I hate mock drafts, but still, I am intrigued by the mock drafts. I am intrigued by the conversation that continues to go on about the Carolina Panthers still potentially taking quarterback at eight. I've already listed my reasons why I don't think that makes a ton of sense, at least in terms of I think they should be able to they should build around Sam Darnold after giving up the assets they gave for him, including that second and fourth round pick in 2022, mainly the second round pick. That's trade and draft capital that you could have used next year. If this team ended up flopping and need to get another quarterback, but now, right now at least, they don't have those picks. Although I did bring up on Tuesday's podcast that Peter King of Football Morning American NBC Sports has said the Carolina Panthers are looking to acquire more picks, which falls right in line with Adam Schefter saying the Carolina Panthers have had conversations with other teams about potentially trading back in the draft for pick number eight. And then being quote tweeted by Joe Person of The Athletic, who covers the Carolina Panthers here locally, saying the Panthers are intrigued by Ohio State Buckeye Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is who Peter Schrager has mocked at number eight to Carolina. He also has at number five, Panay Sewell, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. So the guy who I want the Carolina Panthers to draft, he's on the board. He has them going to the Bengals, where they decide they're going to prioritize protecting Joe Burrow, which I think the Carolina Panthers should at least be thinking to prioritize protecting Sam Darnold now that that's still their largest need. And there's a potential for a guy, maybe Sophie Drops or a guy like Rashawn Slater, to be right there, who I've seen mock the Carolina multiple times. And he fits in with the whole positional flexibility where he could be a left tackle, he could also be a guard. Now, Mel Kiper Jr. has him listed as a guard. I'm not in love with the idea of drafting a guard at eight, but fixing this offensive line needs to be the priority for the Carolina Panthers. Again, outside of right tackle Taylor Moten, who is under the franchise tag this year, and the Panthers still have until July 15th to offer a new extension, this is not a good offensive line. And with a guy like Matt Paradis leaving this coming up next year and John Miller on a one-year deal, 
You need to figure out the rest of that offensive line at left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard for the upcoming future outside of Taylor Moten, who the Carolina Panthers have to find a way to retain. So this is Peter Schrager's reasoning behind having Justin Fields go number eight overall to Carolina next Thursday night, saying the word linked to Carolina's pick at number eight is optionality, which is what the Sam Darnold trade provided the Panthers at the quarterback position. I'm not convinced the team has settled at the quarterback spot just yet. Remember, Darnold's fifth-year option still hasn't officially been picked up, and there's been no long-term extension inked yet. Until those things happen, quarterback is still very possible here. And that's a great point. It is, and it came out the day that they traded for him. Ian Rappaport said this, Jonathan Jones said this, that the Carolina Panthers were very likely to pick up and exercise the fifth-year option for Sam Darnold. Again, last Monday we were told in his introductory Zoom press conference by Matt Rule that Sam Darnold, the team has yet to exercise that fifth-year option, which again, they have to do by May 3rd, two days following the end of the NFL draft next weekend. So it's going to be interesting because like, if you do get a quarterback at eight there, you still have Donald on the roster and Teddy Bridgewater's yet to be traded. Now, Teddy Bridgewater could be a part of a trade if you trade back. He could be a part of a trade, potentially. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But what I want to know, though, is what begs the question for Carolina, if they do want to take Justin Fields at eight, is should the Panthers have waited until draft night or after the draft to make the decision to trade for Sam Darnold? Because they were already having the conversation with Joe Douglas. If they really were intrigued by Justin Fields, then why that day in Columbus did they decide to start having serious conversations with the Jets about bringing Sam Darnold to Carolina when you already had a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who could have played again this fall or he could have been the backup to a rookie? It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. If especially Sam Darnold is going to start this year, I mean, if they can trade Teddy, which, which I would imagine would happen, you have Sam Darnold start and you have a rookie come in, but then you would have given up three picks and really two, a second and a fourth next year, just for Sam Darnold to be a one-year rental. And then who's the backup? Is it, is it Will Greer? Is it PJ Walker? How does that quarterback situation work out? So it's just a little confusing for me why they would just, just throw away picks for one year of Sam Darnold just to be there, then to have your rookie quarterback take over in 2022, when you could have a situation where Teddy Bridgewater granted on a $23 million cap hit, but it can work with their guy rookie contract. For especially the first year rookie contract where the rookie could have sat out for that year, or if he starts, it's not that crazy of a situation. So I don't know. It, it's a confusing thing to me, but I, I think about did the Panthers really need to make that decision with Sam Darnold? Did they need to make that decision now? Like there was no other team out there, really, other than the Denver Broncos, who weren't even that serious in their talks with the Jets, that were bidding for Sam Darnold. The Panthers were bidding against themselves to bring Sam Darnold here to Carolina. Couldn't they have waited till after the Jets? traded or not traded had drafted zach wilson on draft night could they wait until then because at that point what is sam Darnold's value for the new york jets it's very clear at that point that they've moved on to zach wilson and that sam Darnold's not gonna be their guy moving forward so you could have waited until draft night potentially especially after all the reports that carolina was really the lone team that was seriously interested in bringing sam Darnold to their team they could wait until then because you sh- that's the thing about the unpredictability of this draft I talked about yesterday is we don't know what's going to happen. There's it's One is going to be Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Two is going to be Zach Wilson to the Jets. Three, it's been the talk's been Mac Jones, but I'm not buying that. It could be Fields. It could be Lance. It's going to be either one of those before Jones, in my opinion. 
And I don't see the Panthers wanting Mac Jones. They sat there and watched them at the Senior Bowl. If they were truly interested in them, then maybe they would have made that trade. That's the thing about this, too. If they were truly interested in any of these quarterbacks available, why didn't they just make the trade with Miami? I get it. Maybe Scott Fitterer, he didn't want to give up three, three picks, which is the same kind of draft capital we were talking about in a potential trade for Deshaun Watson before all the legal troubles came up for the quarterback there with the Houston Texans. Like, that's a proven commodity who just led the NFL in passing yards. The San Francisco 49ers already have a built-up roster to potentially win a Super Bowl this year with Garoppolo at quarterback, and then it would be great for one of the rookie starts probably in 2022. They're giving up three first-round picks? For who? It can't be Mac Jones. And that could also be a reason why Scott Fitter didn't want to make the trade because he sees that this is a, a roster that's not yet ready to win. San Francisco is like, we have a roster that's ready to win. We we were just in the Super Bowl. We still weren't even that bad of a football this team this past year this season because even due to all the injuries, we were still what they were seven and nine. So they were still not bad. They're still somewhat competitive. And if they can stay healthy. They have Garoppolo, and he's gone. And you put in a rookie who's gotten a year to learn under the system, and which Kyle Shanahan, like I see whatever quarterback plays in that system having success, like even Mac Jones, who I'm not high on, like it would make more sense that San Francisco's willing to give up three first-round picks because they feel like, well, our first-round picks are going to be in the late part of the draft anyway because we're going to be good this year, and we're going to put in our quarterback who's then going to succeed in the system. So maybe Scott Fitter just valued more of being able to build the roster opposed to giving up those picks. I'm just, I wonder why didn't they just sit there and wait? Like Sam Darnold was not going anywhere. No, like all the quarterback situations in the NFL pretty much have been figured out. Denver is the only other team out there where you kind of wonder what they want to do. Like I don't see New England trading for Sam Darnold. They'd rather have Cam Newton this this coming season instead of trying to save Sam Darnold. Especially if Bill Belichick's, he was on the sideline and coached that Monday Night Football game where Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. He's seen the guy for the last three years. I can't imagine Belichick's impressed by him. No way. Denver, again, they were low-key interested, but are they sold? I don't know. It, it's just, I would have preferred to watch Carolina sit back and wait to see what how things played on the first round before making that decision. Because they could have easily, they didn't get their quarterback. It's like, all right, fine, whatever. We'll just take... Best player available. If it's an offensive lineman, cool. If it's a cornerback, cool. And then we'll make the trade. Because they could have just been like, okay, well, Jets took Zach Wilson. Hey, New York, um, we want Sam Darnold. Okay, cool. Here's the terms. That's what you want. All right, great. All right, they get the eight. Eighth overall pick. Rashawn Slater. Okay, fixed. Left tackle, quarterback. We're going to pick up his fifth-year option in two days. That, that could have been it. That could have been what they could have done. They could have waited to the end of the draft to do that. But instead, they've already gone out and traded for... Darnold, which again gives some optionality, but I would think the option would be to not have to worry about the quarterback position there at eight. So if Fields is there, man, it's going to be tough. I, I just have a hard time believing that Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I mean, one of them is going to go to San Francisco, in my opinion. And then after that, I cannot see another team taking Mac Jones over Lance or Fields, whichever one's left over. So at eight, I don't see Carolina taking Mac Jones if he's there, but who knows? Maybe things play out to where Justin Fields really does drop to eight for Carolina at eight. If that happens, yeah, it'll be a tough decision. Because again, I'm not necessarily, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. I've heard the excuses about what he had and didn't have in New York and the organizational failure and getting there in year one and having Todd Bowles get fired and Mike McCagney get fired and the power struggle that there was there with Adam Gase. And he comes in and he's terrible. Joe Douglas tries to at least help him out last year and things still don't work and he had injuries. I get it. There's plenty of excuses. But the fact is he was not good in New York. So there's no guarantee he's going to be better in Carolina just because the situation is better. I would hope he'd be better. 
but there's no guarantee he's going to turn out to be the guy in the end. So it makes me think about that now moving forward is that with the Carolina Panthers now signing a new defensive tackle today into Guan Jones and filling yet another need, how much more pressure does that put on a quarterback position going in 2021? Because when you look at this roster, I think they're vastly improved on defense, a defense that really was able to improve in the second half of the season. How much pressure now is on Sam Darnold or potentially whatever quarterback is playing for the Carolina Panthers in 2021? More on that in just a second. I've been telling you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfor, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Carolina Panthers made a move on Tuesday morning that I love. They announced it Tuesday afternoon, but the reports, I think first by Ian Rappaport, came out Tuesday morning that the Carolina Panthers had brought in Quan Jones and were planning to sign him to a one-year deal, which turns out to be a one-year deal worth $4.05 million fully guaranteed. And I like this signing a lot. Quan Jones is a guy who spent the last couple years in Tennessee, his entire career actually in Tennessee, a former fourth-round draft pick out of Penn State. He's compiled 235 career tackles and nine sacks over 99 career games with the Titans. He started 93 of 99 career games, including all 16 the past three seasons and every regular season game he's played in since the start of 2015. He's also 29 years old, doesn't turn 30 until December. Cheap, young, not youngish, but a veteran at least. He's still, he's under 30, but a veteran who can be a part of this defense and I think is going to help them out moving forward. I pointed out that the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and find a three-technique next to Derrick Brown. He's not a three-technique. This is a guy who's going to be able to be a run-stuffer. That's what he's known for. He only has nine career sacks. His highest total was three and a half back in 2017. He's coming off of a deal in Tennessee that paid him three years and $21 million. So I think it's a really cheap deal for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Titans' defense was not great last year. But bringing in a veteran presence, especially on the defensive line, who I think is going to add a lot more than you got from Zach Kerr, and even a lot more than a guy that I talked about, KK Short, a former Carolina Panther who is still a free agent, who I kind of advocated for just because, hey, he's a guy potentially who could come back here in Carolina. He already understands the system, was here last season, albeit on the sideline, could provide leadership, but he is on the wrong side of 30. We do have a guy right here, Naquan Jones, on the right side of 30. 
So now when you look at things, Scott Fitterer has gone out there defensively, has signed Denzel Perryman to be an inside linebacker. That's going to be an upgrade for number 52 last year. Um, the new number 52, by the way, Denzel Perryman, can be much better to hear Whitehead, especially if he stays healthy. He's been good in his career with the Chargers when he's been healthy. Hopefully he can stay healthy here in Carolina. He's a little undersized, but he's a heavy hitter. Hassan Reddick, was last year real or wasn't? Hopefully it's real, and hopefully playing in Phil Snow's defense where they're multiple and playing for his former head coach in college at Temple, Matt Rule, will make sure he's going to be a consistent player, and they also got him in a great deal. Morgan Fox, last year with the Rams, had six sacks. And he was an underrated guy, but now he comes to Carolina and he can be a guy who can come in on third downs and pass rushing situations, maybe come in for Dequan Jones and be able to get up the middle and get on the outside and be a pass rusher. So you have that. You also have to look at A.J. Boye, a former pro bowler, now playing at corner, likely to start opposite of Dante Jackson. You've added veteran leadership and some guys who are taking a flyer on here and guys who had a huge season last year in Hassan Reddick into this defense that, again, improved in the second half of last season. They've done everything they can to make sure that Phil Snow has success. They've also done everything they can at this point where the defense should not necessarily be a, a Achilles heel for this team. So that only puts more pressure on the quarterback position to be good this year in 2021. As we've talked about it, Teddy Bridgewater, while I don't think he was as bad as a lot of people make him out to be, especially the fact that he was never dubbed as the franchise quarterback here in Carolina, and the deal was always set up for him to be the guy for for two years, three maybe if he was any good, but he was always set up to be a bridge quarterback for a lack of a better term and no pun intended. I never understood why there was so much hate surrounded by him. I understand that people were frustrated with being in a ton of close games and not being able to finish things out, but again, I said it's a more of an overall failure of the offensive unit. It had to be on Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. He missed a ton of throws at points and times. But also, the offensive line was terrible. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey out there. And Joe Brady, first-time play caller, didn't necessarily get things done for them also. So it's not 100% on the quarterback, but you need better play out of the quarterback position. So pointing out what they now have on defense, where the defense, I'm not going to say they're going to be a top-10 unit. It's possible. I'm not going to say they're going to be a top-10 unit, but they should be markedly better and more consistent coming up this year especially a full offseason program coming in year two of Phil Snow at defensive coordinator and of course Matt Rule is the head coach they should be a lot better and you've seen Scott Fitterow go out there and fill these holes on offense I don't really know what the hell they thought they were doing the Pat Elfline and Cam Irving thing positional flexibility whatever those guys don't think are very good they haven't been good in their careers so far we'll find out what happens in the draft next week Left tackle, keep talking about that for Sam Darnold, at least whoever the quarterback is anyway, to have that protection. But still, the defense is at a position where they should not really be a problem this year. So it's going to come down to the quarterback play being better for Carolina. And the Panthers have already traded three picks for Sam Darnold. I don't know whether they're going to draft the quarterback next Thursday night or not in the first round. I don't think they're going to draft the quarterback at all in this draft. But right now, it's Sam Darnold who looks like the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And I would believe he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, even if they take a guy at eight. I would imagine that's going to be the case. There's a ton of pressure on him to go out there and to have success in 2021. Because really, at this point in time, when we talked about it the other day, about win totals, at seven and a half, and I'm saying take the over, and my expectation for this team to be playing meaningful football right there at the end of December in early January. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be right there in the hunt in the thick of things. It's going to come down to the quarterback position, and right now it's going to come down to Sam Darnold to be better. You have Chris McCaffrey here. 
You have Dan Arnold now as a pass-catching tight end. Of course, DJ Moore coming off a consecutive 1,000-yard receiving season when he's had the likes of Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater throwing to him, Robbie Anderson, his former teammate who had a lot of success with him in New York. He's coming off a 1,000-yard receiving season. There's no excuses for Sam Darnold. They've given him some complimentary football on the other side with the defense. He has weapons here in Carolina. They need to get better on the offensive line, yes. But the quarterback position is the one thing that could hold this team back coming up here in 2021. So there's a ton of pressure on whoever the quarterback is, whether it's going to be Sam Darnold, whether it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater somehow, whether it's going to be the eighth overall pick stepping in. That's the only thing in my mind that I think can keep the Carolina Panthers from not being in position to be right there for a potential wildcard spot late in December and early in January. So all that pressure is going to be on that quarterback. And right now that quarterback is Sam Darnold. Put up or shut up. No more excuses. All right, that concludes another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Odyssey. And also make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's at Julian Council on Twitter. Make sure to get in your questions for the Friday mail bag. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Again, Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what I do here on the Locked on Panthers podcast, Talking Carolina Panthers. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.